Well, it's good to be with you guys this morning, and uh, I love preaching this, uh, this 9 a.m. service. Um, Friday morning, my father texted me, and he said, could you preach the 9 a.m. service? And the Bible says, be instant in season and out of season. And as a staff, we take that literally. And uh, so I thought to myself, who can, I, who can I ask that my father would approve of to preach that service instead of me? Because there's no way I can give it its due diligence. And uh, I thought about it. And as I was getting in the shower, the Lord dropped a, a word in my spirit. And now I said, I know I can't get off the hook now. But uh, Romans chapter 8. In verse 11, in the King James, says it this way, and I'll, I'll, I'll mainly be using the ESV today, which is pretty much like the New King James Version. But I want to read this out of the King James. It says it this way on the screen. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Everybody say quicken. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. As Pentecostals, that should be more familiar to us, or I would say at least as familiar to us as John 3.16 that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, you know, when I went to Bible college and when I talked to a lot of people, it's like a lot of people pretend like God is a big God out there somewhere and we're, we're just puny little people who can never have relationship and communion with him. But the Bible doesn't only say that God wants to have relationship with you or communion with you, that's good. But it says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. In other words, the same power that raised Christ from the dead doesn't reside with you, resides in you. Amen. And that would be good enough for us to go home and have chicken dinner and, and enjoy the service tonight. But it doesn't stop there. The same power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you and quickens your mortal body. I said to Alyssa about a week ago, I said, well, honey, I'm 25, but, uh, which was no revelation to her. And I said, take it for, for how we will. I said, we're going to take care of ourselves. We're going to do what we're going to do. And this is, this is my assignment, so don't, you take it for what it's worth. I said, I, I feel like I'm going to start living like a, like, like a Central African Christian. She says, what do you mean? I said, like, there's no other option but God. Like, there's no other option but God. That it's either the hand of God that can do it, or I don't want it. That it's either His Spirit that's going to quicken my mortal body, Or that's it. But I believe, I happen to believe the Bible. And Romans 8, 11 says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives in me and quickens or gives power to or gives life to or raises you up. I want to talk to us this morning about walking in this new power, this new life. If you have your Bibles, you can turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
I don't think I'm going to get to all these scriptures today, but you will this week. Praise the Lord. Thank you for no amens. Now, I'm all for signs and wonders and miracles. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Mark chapter 16 and verse 17, one of my favorite verses, and these signs shall follow them that believe. But can I just maybe give us, maybe I'm preaching to myself here, but can I give us a little tweak in our thinking? You're not supposed to be needing a sign, wonder, and miracle all the time. You're not supposed to be the person who's the community prayer project. Thank you, Lord. I know it's good preaching. I'll take my amen from you and no one else. Now, I've seen God heal people of stage four cancer. I've seen God pick people out of wheelchairs. I was 11 years old. One time I laid hands on a lady and her broken foot got mended in Scranton, not Africa. I'm all for signs, wonders, and miracles. But the Bible says that signs, wonders, and miracles will follow those that believe. It doesn't say that those that believe will be in need of signs, wonders, and miracles. The difference being is this, like, I'm all for divine healing, but that's not God's best. Let me say it again. I'll I'll try over here with my brother Romeo. Divine healing is good, but it's not God's best. Divine health is God's best. I'm all for when God forgives a sinner. I think it's wonderful. But even better is when Jesus turned to the woman caught in the act of adultery and he said, go and sin no more. See, I love when God does a miracle, but I also love even more when his church takes his word with faith and says, I am justified by faith. That it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And how about this? The hope of glory. The fact that the Holy Spirit resides in me means that I'm a, I'm a Holy Ghost time bomb just waiting to tick and tick and tick. He says, you'll lay your hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. That means that there is a higher way in God that you don't have to run to the pastor every time you have a sniffle. Amen. Now, the the Bible does say to call upon the elders of the church, have them anoint anoint with oil, lay your hands. Prayer of faith shall save the sick. But the first part of that verse says, is there anyone among you who are sick? James chapter 5. You're familiar with the passage. I think if he wrote that to the American church today, James, the brother of Jesus, he'd have to say, is anyone among you well? There's a high, if you don't believe me, here's the words of Jesus. Your life was not created to run on miracles. Matthew chapter 16, verse 4. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. When was the last time you heard that preached in a, a Pentecostal church? I've actually had people say to me before, well, I'm praying that, you know, I'm laying a fleece. No, we don't lay fleeces anymore. We have the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. When somebody asks me a question, I don't have to say things like, oh, I I don't know. You know, no, 
the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is another scripture you can read this week. The Spirit of God searches all things, even the deep things of God. Your life was not meant to be a community prayer project. Pray for me. The devil's been on my back all week. I don't think so. The, devil, the devil's not omnipresent. You've got to be a pretty important person for the devil to be on your back all week. He wasn't even on Jesus' back all week. He was with Jesus for but a moment. There's a higher way to live than always needing a miracle. Now, I love miracles. I see miracles on a weekly basis. We lay our hands on the sick. I never stop laying hands on the sick. I love casting out devils. If you have a devil, it's the best place for you to be. If some of you are dead this morning, it's the best place for you to be. I don't even think that's a word of knowledge. My mom's a registered nurse. She'll take pulses. Praise the Lord. I'm just kidding, but not really. Oh, brother, keep me, keep me in prayer. I have a dental exam this week. I had a lady come to me one time. She said, oh, would you lay hands on me? I need to lose weight. I said, no. And this is when I was younger, so don't hold me to these words now. I said, no, you need to get on a diet and run on a treadmill. <laughs> that was mean. Yeah, well, I was 16. What do you want? It's the same, it's the same religious spirit that says, I, I need a word from God. And you say, what, what, what page do you want? See, as Christians, especially Pentecostal charismatic Christians, we focus too much on the encounter and not walking day by day by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. The Bible doesn't say the righteous shall live by signs, wonders, and miracles. The righteous does not, doesn't say the, that the righteous shall live by running to the pastor and, and asking him to pray for you. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a higher way to live. So why did God give us miracles? Miracles have a twofold purpose before we get a little bit deeper here today. The twofold purpose of miracles, they're to equip the ministry gifts as tools of the trade. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and even those who are believers, they are the tools of our trade. The second reason that we have miracles is that they're to be assigned to the unbeliever. How about this one? And this will, this, will, this will hit hard with this crowd. How many people have you seen? You guys have been in church, most of you, for longer than I've been alive. How many people have you seen receive a miracle, and it doesn't last until they get to the parking lot? And I can ask for a show of hands here today, and I, I bet you 30% of the crowd would say, that has happened to me. Well, why is that? How about this? I think it was 1955 or 57 they took the statistic, but pretty much through the 50s and 60s, on any given night in the United States, especially in the summer, there would be on average 300 tent meetings going on every night. 300. I, I, I've, 
a student of revival. I've, I've read on it and, and studied. Matter of fact, the very reason that this is a nation is because of revival, because of religious freedom and wanting to establish a no government overreach in our church. That's why we don't close our church down and keel over every time they ask you to do something. Any freedom that you give up, you can kiss it goodbye. But there is a higher way to live. But anyways, in, in these tent meetings they were having in the 50s and 60s, I won't say who the ministers were, but there was two very prominent ministers. And the one sat down before the meeting, and he said, you know the problem with these meetings, brother? He said, we're seeing miracles happen. He said, but the same people will walk out of this tent, and if they're not taught faith, they'll slip back into the same old sin, the same old sickness, and the same old way of life if they're not taught how to walk by faith. So how do you walk in this life of faith, this, this new life? The first thing, we walk in the new life by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Everybody say, by faith. faith. Everybody say, by faith. faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So when is faith? Now faith is. You know what that means? You need faith every moment of every day. You don't need faith when things get tough or when things are good. You need faith all the time. That means that you have, you have to have the, the can't stop, won't stop, won't quit kind of faith. Come hell or high water, I got faith. Whether I'm contested, I got faith. I like to say this. My son has a, uh, people give him these little animals and things like that. Well, my son is uh, what we call um, extra. And he, he likes to see how things work and likes to rip things apart. And he ripped a teddy bear apart. It's him or the dog. He blamed the dog, but I'm going to say it was him for the sake of reasoning today. And there's all kinds of fluff all over the kitchen. Well, you couldn't see that fluff on that teddy bear on the shelf at Walmart. And you couldn't see that fluff when that person gave him that teddy bear. But my, oh my, when that teddy bear was pressed, there was fluff everywhere. You want to know what happens? There's a faith that's on the inside of you. And people don't have to see it. But you can walk in a silent kind of faith. And you could be winning private victories all week, laying hands on the sick at Walmart and seeing them get healed. And there's a faith that's on the inside of you because that's what you walk by. That's what you're living by. Now faith is. Not, not well, one day when we get to heaven. Not well, brother, brother Wigglesworth had great faith. Now faith is. We're called to walk in faith. How about this? Your new life, life in the spirit, starts, continues, and is perfected in faith. Galatians chapter 3. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? 
Now, this, this is the words of Paul the Apostle, so don't get mad at me. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? You know how easy it is to get baby Christians healed? Because they just believe. How about my, my son? My wife got electrocuted like, 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 a, like a month ago or two. Uh, we had an exposed outlet in the house. And uh, my wife went to go plug in the baby monitor. And she reached in too far and got electrocuted. She jumped up and said, ow! And Clayton, Clayton has like this deep uh, concern for people. He looks at my wife and he says, are you okay, mama? And she said, no, I'll be okay. But man, my hand just hurts. He goes, let's pray for it. This is before his third birthday. He says, okay. So my wife, he lays his hand and he goes, amen. And then he says, do you feel better, mama? Because he hasn't learned how to doubt. No one's taught him to be a doubter. I haven't sent him to Bible college yet with a hundred grand to suck the faith out of him. He hasn't gotten around people who said, oh, wait till you get to be my age and you'll see. No. And if anybody tries that with my son, it won't happen. Because he hasn't been taught how to be an unbeliever. I had uh, an older person tell me one time, they said, you know, the way that you preach, it's like you can believe God and things will happen. I said, that's right. And they said, well, I'm telling you, it's too much. I said, when I get, when I get to God one day, do you think he's going to rebuke me for having too much belief in him or too little belief in him? I don't think I get to heaven one day and God's going to say, now listen, Kyle. Great job. But boy, why did you believe me for so much? Why, why, why did you preach like that, that people should walk in divine health? I don't think that's going to happen, do you? When, when, when the disciples were re rebuked in the New Testament, in the Gospels, did they get, what did they get rebuked for? Oh, ye of little faith. See, we walk in this new life by faith. Start to finish in faith. Don't start in faith and try to work it out in your flesh. Just believe. Why is that so hard for us to just to say, I believe my God. He will come through. How? I don't know the specifics of it, but I know that's by his power he's going to come through. See, life in the spirit is the faith walk. Everybody say that loud with me. Say, life in the Spirit, life in the Spirit is, is the faith walk. What does that mean? Second point. Walking in faith transcends the natural realm. Walking in faith transcends the natural realm. Did you know that God actually knows about your problems? It's not a trick question. Did you know that, that God, he knows every, every wayward son, every wayward daughter? Did you know that he knows about every sickness and disease? 
Now, I said this in youth last week, and it ticked some people off, so I'm going to say it again. If you have COVID-19, please give me a call. I'd like to go lay hands on you. If you have anything else, please, please call us. I, 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 it'd be my privilege to go and lay hands on you. When we say things like that, people say, oh, you're a virus denier. No, faith does not deny reality. It deals with reality. Amen. See, faith transcends the natural realm, that there is actually a higher way to live in God. Somebody said, are you going to get this, do that? Well, if you want to talk about that from a medical side, I can. But I'll just say this. Why would I have to? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, changing, carnal, depending on your translation. But the things that are unseen are eternal. I would say this. Almost every person on the face of the earth believes in the unseen realm. True? Oh, you don't know my uncle. He's an atheist. Does he believe in the virus? Does he believe in any viruses? Does he believe in air? He can't see air. Does he believe in wind? He can't see wind, but he can see the effects of it. You can't tell me that you don't believe in the unseen realm, and I would even say this, that you have a deep belief and conviction of the things not seen when it literally affects your daily life. Now, where I used to live in, on the Bering Sea, winds can reach over 100 miles per hour. That, that, that's, that's high in case you guys, praise the Lord. It was 20 miles per hour like a week ago, and you should see the effects of it. Falling down trees, limbs everywhere. You could see the effects of the wind. Now, that's a belief in the unseen realm, but it affects the natural realm. Turn over to the next chapter, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, when you hear a message like this, a lot of people like get worked up. Can I say this? Faith doesn't get worked up. Faith rests. If I be honest with you, I don't need to get worked up to give. I don't. I knew what I was going to give. Lord spoke to me. We had a conversation about it. And there ain't nothing you can say or not say that's going to change that. I don't have to get worked up to get healed. I don't have to get worked up to live in divine health. Because the Bible says that we walk by faith. Now, here's how easy faith is. It's a gift from God. Charles Price used to say this. It's a gift from God released to your heart. That's all it is. 
when sickness and disease tries to contest me. This is what I do. Thank you, Lord, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your nail-pierced hands. Thank you, Jesus, that you took 39 stripes so that I don't have to deal with this. Faith isn't, oh, yeah, I, I got to believe. I got to, okay, oh, oh, all right, I'm going to try to believe. I'm going to try really hard to believe. That's not what faith is. Faith rests. Think of this. You go, you, you go to Walmart, and you buy your groceries, and you scan them through, or Wegmans, wherever else you might go. P&R if they paid their electric bill. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke from last year. And, and you buy your items, and they scan them through, and you walk up with cash, your credit card, your debit card, your food stamps, whatever it might be, and you slide that through. Do you have to get worked up that it might pay your bill? Okay, all right, let's see. Oh, let's go. And you do that with limited resources, but we serve an unlimited God. You know that God, one drop of the blood of Jesus Christ can heal every sickness and disease, take every infirmity away and not lose its power. And let me even take it a step further. And it has. We just need to receive it by faith. I think it was S.M. Lockridge, he used to say. The check is backed by heaven, but it is cashed in the prayer closet. The check's already written for your divine health. You just got to receive it by faith. Not get worked up. Not get red in the face, blue in the face, purple in the face. You just walk by faith. Now, does the Bible say that we run by faith? Does the Bible say that we crawl by faith? No, because both those are harder than walking by faith. Amen? Amen? Now, the second part of that verse, not by sight. I would submit to us this morning, that doesn't just mean by the things that you see. It's the things that you hear, the things that you smell, the things that you taste, the things that you touch, and the things that you see. I walk by faith and not by, and if I can give you the Kyle Dross version today, we walk by faith and not by senses. I walk according to the unseen realm, not according to the seen realm. I walk according to that which was purchased at Calvary, not that which the doctor said on Main Street. Hello. Do you believe this this morning? Are we walking by faith? Or are we being dictated by what a doctor said on Pennsylvania Avenue? Hello. Well, I'm just waiting for, you know, Dr. So-and-so to say it's okay to go back to church. You'll never be in church. Ever. Ever. How about when he said, well, it's okay for people to protest, but, you know, church is, is too much. 
hmm, maybe this is maybe a little bit more than what it seems. See, but if you're just walking by sight, you're just walking by what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you touch, what you taste, you're, you're dead in the water every time. You can actually have contestment come against you and not, not sign for the package. I got a piece of mail two weeks ago. Had my name on it. Opened it up. It wasn't even for me. Tore it up, threw it in the trash. I don't have to dwell on that. Capiche. It's time for the church to get their holy capiche back. Stuff happens. Does it mean that it's not happening? No. But faith deals with it. You don't get worked up. I know somebody recently, both their parents died of colon cancer. They started to have the same symptoms. They went to the doctor. The doctor said, both your parents died of it around the same age. Now you're starting to show symptoms of it. And it, 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 it caused, you know, in, in the natural, rightfully so, fear to come upon them. But all it took was for one word from the Lord to wash every fear away. That woman told me this week, she said, I know I'm healed. I know it. See, the thing is with faith, it doesn't matter what your outside circumstances looks like. It matters what the word of God says. How about this? When you, according to Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, when you believe with your heart and confess at your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that God raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says then you'll be saved. So in other words, when you prayed your prayer, you came forward and made a public and personal decision to follow Jesus Christ. Did you doubt if you were actually saved or not? What's a harder thing for God to do? The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Is there anything more valuable than a soul? Let me ask you this. Is it, is it harder for God to heal cancer or is it harder for him to save a soul? Neither. Is it harder for God to heal the common cold? The corona, Sharona, Myrona? Hello. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit strongly on that. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. And then I'll, I'll start preaching after this. I'm just kidding. I'm 72% done. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sharon, you stand up if you could. Hallelujah. Take my hand. I curse this foul infirmity, sickness and disease. I say, go back to hell where you came from. And I lose the healing power of Jesus over you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Be made whole in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for a good report that came over 2,000 years ago that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we have been made whole. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.
Thank you, Jesus. I had a mom come to me one time. I think she was like 30 years old, four babies. I was in Bible college, 18, maybe 19 years old. She said to me, she said, would you lay hands on me? The doctors told me, I figured it was stage three, stage four cancer. It doesn't matter what stage they called it. She had cancer throughout her body. Four little kids. And I'll tell you, I felt like nothing when I prayed for her. I felt nothing. So, okay. I, I was almost like embarrassed that she asked me to pray for her. Okay, raise your hands. So, Jesus, I prayed the most pathetic prayer. Jesus, heal her. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So, have a nice day. Two weeks later, she runs in, into the church office holding her medical report that there's no more cancer in her body. Amen. Don't tell me that God doesn't want to heal his children. Healing is the children's bread. Walking in faith transcends the natural realm. Can I say this? The biggest enemy to your faith is not your condition, it's your sight. Faith doesn't make light of people's problems. People deal with real problems. When the doctor told me that my son had three holes in his heart, that, that was a legitimate thing. I wasn't going to tell him, no, you're stupid. I know you're you know, a renowned cardiologist from Seattle, Washington, or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But no, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, okay. Grabbed a hold of my baby, two-day-old son. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, I know you're healed. God didn't bring us this far. And Alyssa and I had him. No insurance, $43,000 medical bill, making almost no money. Held my son. And that was it. When we'd take him back to the pediatrician, she kept saying, the holes are getting smaller. They're getting smaller. I told her, I said, one day he's going to come in here. There's not going to be any holes. Walked in the pediatrician's office one time when they used to let two of us in there. She, she, would, she, she used to tell me, you're the only dad that comes in here with the mom for the pediatrician's appointment. Told her, he offended? She said, listen, roll her chair back. No more holes in your son's heart. Because faith doesn't deny reality. Faith deals with reality. It's, it's very real that there's prodigal sons and daughters and their parents are sitting here today. It's very real that when the doctor says, you have X amount of time to live. But I would say this, there's a higher authority that's even more real. And that high authority, higher authority says in Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter 2.24 that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you have been made whole. I don't have to ask God to heal me. Lord, would you please heal me? It was already done on the cross. I just got to walk in it and thank him for it. Amen? Which is part of walking in it. Faith doesn't deny the physical realm. It defies the physical realm. Faith doesn't deny the physical realm. It defies the physical realm. 
laid hands on a young lady one time in Guatemala. She said, the baby is turned in my stomach. I didn't know, you know, I was like 16 years old. I don't, I don't know what that means. I thought babies turn all the time in people's stomachs, you know, it's whatever. And uh, she said, the ba- and it, you could see there was something wrong with her stomach. Laid hands on her. Underneath our hand, that baby. Because faith is not saying, no, I don't believe it. Mm-mm. Nope, there's not. No, faith says, I see what you said, but I know that there's a higher word. There's a higher authority, and it's going to deal with this problem, and it's going to defy this problem. Amen? Amen? People have belief all the time, things they can't see. Should I say anything more? You believe all the time in things that you can't see. When you voted on November 3rd or 4th, you couldn't see where that vote went. But some of you believe that it counted, praise God. <laughs> All right, I shouldn't, I should keep moving. Behave, Kyle, behave. I shouldn't say anything about that, but it's trout season, and it's not the first time things have been rigged this year. Praise God. Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. I was talking to a, a mutual friend of, of mine and he knew somebody else I knew. And I said, hey, I said, I heard, I heard you say something negative about, and that person's my friend. He said, well, they're hyper faith. I said, how can you have too much of the only thing that pleases God? For who would ever draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. There is a reward. The Bible says that godliness is profitable both in this life and in the life to come. Godliness, serving God is not just profitable one day when you go to see Jesus. It's profitable every day. It pays to serve God. I'm 25. That's the second time I said that today and probably the last. But I don't live like other 25-year-olds. Other than last night, I went to bed usually when a 25-year-old does. That's the first time I've seen 2 o'clock in the morning in a long time. I'm usually, I'm, honestly, my, my wife and I, after we eat dinner, we tire our boys out. We should take them for a walk. We come home. We start getting ready for bed. My boys are usually in bed by 8 o'clock. Clayton's a, sometimes will protest. Get everything ready for the next day. Come downstairs. We'll put like a date line on, something like that. Usually fall asleep before 10 o'clock. Wake each other up. Hey, we should go up to bed. I mean, my wife and I are usually in bed by about 10 o'clock, 10, 15. But you know what? Last night, I couldn't sleep. I probably could if I tried. But I was so excited to preach to you folks this morning. And I kept getting woken up. And when I'd wake up, I'd just take the opportunity to start praying in tongues for you guys. And start thanking God for such a wonderful congregation. And here's what I know. I didn't get much sleep last night. Woke up early this morning. When you have kids, 
There's no such thing as sleeping in. I used to sleep in, in Bible college till 6.30. When you have kids, they're your alarm clock. So I got up this morning, hugged my wife. Clayton ran in the bathroom. I was getting ready. And I'm, I'm telling you, in the physical realm, I felt like shot. But here's what I know. In the middle of the morning, middle of the night, whatever you want to call it, when I was seeking God for this service, I know that God will reward that. And it gives me a faith on the inside of me to say, I'm not going down today. I'm going up. The Bible says that for the righteous, each day gets brighter. Thank you, Jesus. Now Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm almost done. Which should give you a little bit of false hope until I'm actually done. I'm kidding. Some lady came up to me last night and said, I don't know why. She said, Tyler, I love you so much. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> now, if it was Tyler, you'd be here until 11.05. <laughs> but I'll get you out of here before 11. Hebrews 10, 39. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Not shrinking back in this hour. Matter of fact, I don't know if you heard, we're going to add our third youth night starting in the summer we're not shrinking back. And it's not going to be at the church either. Going down to a park, having youth in the park. Have fun with them for about an hour, hour and a half. Play some ultimate frisbee. Get my exercise in for a lifetime. And then I'll, I'll have them go out and gather people in. We'll give an altar call. We'll have connect carts. And get them plugged in. There's some more too, but I don't feel a release to share at this time. Because we're not shrinking back in this hour. When the devil tries to convince you that you shouldn't do something, you should do it five times harder. Let me say this. When your flesh tells you not to do something, do it three times harder. So how is this faith received? Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Man, if, we, if you have one sentence, not even half a sentence to take home today, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Study yourself Study to show yourself approved. Pray yourself hot. Preach yourself empty. And leave it all on the table. Study to show yourself approved. Another, get so consumed with the word of God. Preach yourself hot. I was in my office this morning. I'm not in there checking out, you know, whatever people do on their phones. 
I'm getting, I'm letting the word of Christ dwell in me richly. That it's consuming me. And then I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm convinced if God didn't give me rest, which the Bible says that, Psalm chapter 3, I believe Proverbs chapter 3 touches that as well, you can have a divine rest. But if God didn't give us rest, I'm convinced me and my brothers, we would never sleep. Ever. But there's a divine rest that comes on you. When the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now flip over to 2 Timothy 3 or just write it down, pretend like you're there, because I am Russian. Not Russian, rushing. I took a DNA test last year, and I found out I'm very white. I can make that joke in youth, and the place erupts. So I appreciate everybody's pity laughs this morning. That's good. <laughs> All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Don't miss the last verse. That the man of God, or woman of God, that's an apothrophy, may be complete, equipped for every good work. So many times people want prayer and hands laid on them, and they should. That's great. I love laying hands on people. But when you get filled up with the Word of God, I'm not talking about you read the Word. I'm talking about you digest the Word. I'm talking about eating the scroll. I'm talking about as if you were somebody who was starved and this showed up as, as food every morning to you. Getting a hold of the word of God. Faith is received by the word. And let me say it this way. Faith and the word is like water and wet. You can't have one without the other. See, right now, for those who want to receive this word, your faith is being built up. Second Timothy 2, verse 4. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Billy Sunday said, a reporter came to him and said, you know, Brother Sunday, every time you preach, it's like rubbing a cat backwards. He said, tell the cat to turn around. <laughs> Last time I checked, my job isn't to please cats. It's to please the one who sent me. Ezekiel chapter 1, 2, and 3. Ezekiel preached to her, but Lord, what if they don't listen? Preach the word anyways. But Lord, what, what if? Preach the word anyways. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. See, because faith is received by the preaching of the Word of God. I'm not getting entangled with CNN. I'm not getting entangled with bad news, fake news, corrupt news. 
I refuse. Why? Because I don't like them? Yeah. But also because of 2 Timothy 2.4. It says, don't get entangled. Christians read their Bibles on average. It's like five minutes a day. But the average American watches four hours of television a day. Four hours of television a day. These people don't have kids. I know they don't. Four hours. I'm not going to say who. But, and I'm not doing that today. I own a television. I told you, I watch usually 42 minutes of Dateline every night or whatever it is, three nights a week. But the old timers used to preach against television. Matter of fact, anything that was fun was sin. Were people as entangled with the world as they are now? Lester Sumrall went to go meet Smith Wigglesworth one time. I think it was May or late April, 1945. And he had a, a paper underneath his arm, his top hat. He went, knocked on the door. After a period of time, door flew open, slammed the door closed. By the way, if you think anybody on earth today is radical, read Smith Wigglesworth, and it'll make him look like a third grade Sunday school teacher. So that opened the door again. He said, what is that underneath your arm? He said, oh, it's, a, it's a newspaper. And he said this. He named the top three headlines. But the one he said, he said, the Germans will surrender next week. He said, now throw it out. So he threw the paper down and walked in his door. So he walked in. He's meeting with Smith Wigglesworth. Brother Summerall sits down, looks around. Smith Wigglesworth sits down, opens the word of God. And he says he read the word for over an hour straight. No conversation, just reading the word. Closed the word bowed his head, and prayed in tongues for hours. Then he got up, went in his back room, and took a nap. You want to know why? I, I love people, and I, I love conversation. I, I, I do. But there's times when conversation won't cut it. I asked a, a pastor who fell, not physically fell, spiritually fell, and came back. I said, if you could go back to somebody who's my age and tell them in my shoes, what would you tell them? He said, I would tell them to fall more in love with the word than the ministry. Be so engulfed with the word. I like to say it this way. Whose report are you going to believe? You're going to believe CNN? Constant negative news, Clinton News Network, Communist News Network. You're going to believe Fox? Last time I checked, Samson tied 300 foxes together and they set a, set a place on fire. I wouldn't let a fox in my house, would you? You're going to trust OAN? I can't think of an acronym for that, but my point is don't trust the news. 
You can trust the weekly wiper here? No way. I wouldn't even put that in my bird cage. It wouldn't. It's garbage. Not even allowed in my house. I don't get a newspaper. Why would I? Maybe if I had a fireplace to light on fire, but I don't. I guess everybody subscribes to the, to the newspaper here. Praise God. No, they did it with me. They used to be okay, but anybody who cuts up a, a minister doesn't deserve my business. Romans 10, as the worship team comes, unless they got rapture or something. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. The word and faith is like water and wet. Now, if I dump this bottle of water over Romeo on the front, front row here, I'm not going to do it. You need a shower, brother? That's right. That's right. That's verse 8. Now drop down to verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So... Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith doesn't come by a press secretary's conference. That's why I love their singing song before. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. You want to know why? Because that's, that's a scripture. That means that means President Donald Trump will bow his knee to the face of Jesus. Joseph Robinette Biden will bow his knee to Jesus. Kamala Harris will bow her name to the name of Jesus. Governor Tom, <clears throat> Tom Wolf will bow his name, bow his knee to the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow. You'll either bow now or you'll bow later, but you will bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Faith is received by the word of God. By hearing and digesting and being obsessed with the word of God. Romans 12 and 2 says this, looking to Jesus. Well, why do we look to Jesus? Because he's the founder. Another translation says he's the author and perfecter. Another translation says and finisher of our faith. How about this? John chapter 1, verse uh, it's like 4 or 5. And the word became flesh and dwelt among them. Stand up on your feet. You receive faith by looking to Jesus. Because Jesus is the Word. 
So faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Well, who is the Word of God? The Word of God is a man by the name of Jesus. And he said this. He said, I call out and my sheep hear my voice. That means when you get a word from God, you can take it to the bank, baby. When, when you receive a word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And John chapter 1 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among them. Is this the word of God? Yes, it is. It's a testament. But it testifies of the true word of God. Who is Jesus? And Hebrews 12 and verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus. Why? Because he's the author and finisher, the starter and perfecter of our faith. You want to know why it's important for you to walk in faith? Because walking in faith means that your eyes are on Jesus. That your eyes aren't on this world. That your eyes aren't on the constant negative news. That your eyes aren't on the weekly wiper. That your eyes aren't on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, constant 24-7 they're trying to pump at you. But your eyes are on the Word. Where are your eyes today? Where are your eyes today? Are your eyes on your circumstance and situations? I'm not making null of it because faith deals with reality and defies reality. Not making light of your situation. But I'm saying that there's a greater one. I'm not making light of divine healing, but I'm saying that there's a divine health that's available. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that the Word became flesh. What was Peter's problem? He took his eyes off the Word. Got out on that boat. Jesus called to me. All right, then come. Gets out on, on, the, on that big old sea. He starts looking at the wind, starts looking at the waves, starts looking at the guys back in the boat, and down he goes. But what saved him? Jesus, the word is what saved him. When we preach, it's not some little part in the, 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 the service to take up time. I'm trying to impart to you the word. And the word is Christ. And Christ is the word. And by the word, you get faith. See, it's producing something in you. It's calling you out to say, you don't need to be a community pro prayer project anymore. You don't need to be looking at this one and that one and, and the things of the world and, and, and the waves and the boat and the people that you left behind. It's time that we fix our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he starts you and he perfects you. Stay, stay standing. 2 Kings chapter 6 tells a story of a prophet and his associate. 
And the prophet was telling the king's secrets. The king sent a delegation to take him out. Thousands of, of horses and chariots were on the side of a field. And here they come to kill that prophet. And his associate, you can read this later in 2 Kings chapter 6, his associate turns to him. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Don't you see the waves? Don't you see the boat? Don't you hear what they said? Didn't you hear what Dr. So-and-so said? Didn't you hear what the percentage of this, the percentage of that? Yeah, no, I'm well aware. And he prays this prayer. He says, God, give him eyes that he might see. But he wasn't talking about physical eyes. He's talking about spiritual eyes. And his eyes were opened, and behold, the side of the hill was covered now with horses and chariots, but now which that which was fire. Second Kings chapter 6. Lift your hands right where you're at. I speak over every situation here this morning. And I say, Whatever the circumstances might be, no matter how hard it's been, no matter how good it's been, there is a God who is sufficient to give you the faith to rise above. I don't care what the recession's going to be soon. I don't care what it's going to be. We will rise above. Because of how good you are? No, because the faith that is in the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word is Christ. You will rise above because you have a Word, and that Word is Jesus. It's the same power that raised Him from the dead that now lives in you. It's the same power that picked up that lifeless body and put something on the inside of him. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. That he even walked up to people who doubted Thomas. Oh Lord, is it really you? And he said, Thomas, look at my hands. Put your fingers in the holes and see that it's the same power Romans 8, 11, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you and quickens your mortal body. Does that mean that, that you're not contested? No. You're, you'll be contested, but you won't be defeated. Are there things that rise up against you? Though a thousand may fall at my one side, 10,000 at my right hand, none shall come near you it's not allowed according to this word not according to me hallelujah so I speak to every situation right now Lord release faith to people's hearts as the word was preached that they will rise above thank you Lord hallelujah thank you Jesus be healed in Jesus name Two more minutes, and I promise I'll be out of your hair. And for some of you guys, don't even have hair, so it's not even possible. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to seek God. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Thank you, Lord. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let me throw this at you. God created the world because of the Word. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.